So, welcome to the Reality Check Podcast. It's been a while. Um, I find that I use this space to just, a sort of an audio journal, a way to sort of express what's on my mind, what's happening, response to significant events in my life, in the life of my community, world events if it really touches me. Which means that when I post it's sporadic, it's not on a schedule. You know, and people will reach out and say, you should post more, you should do more, you should... But then it's forced and it's contrived and it's me just putting out content. I try to put out a lot of content with what I do in other spaces consistently, but this space, this podcast is, well, it's for me. (laughs) I put it out there as an expression of reality. It's a similar way to the way I use my main Instagram account. I post the reality of mental health, the reality of my mental health, what's going on, the ups, the downs, all of that sort of stuff. And because of that, I'm hyper aware that I may just end up being talking to myself, speaking to the um, the void of the internet as an expression. But I'm also aware that if it's helping me to process, then that's worth it. And perhaps if this touches one person in a way that makes sense, that unlocks something that that helps them, then fucking awesome, right? Um, it's the same approach to writing therapy. You write for yourself. And if you want to, if you have the ability to, share it because it helps other people. So with that in mind, I'm going to have some of my coffee and then I'll get into the point of this talk. So, years ago, maybe 13, 15 years ago, maybe a bit longer, I was quite down, quite depressed, suicidal, self-harming. I've still got the scars of that to this day, both physically and mental. And it got to the stage that, yeah, I was not wanting to be here anymore. So I decided to go on medication and tried a variety of different SSRIs and the like. And all of them had fucking terrible side effects. Clenched teeth, vomiting, and just not great. But it's like, well, if this is what I need to do to stay alive, then I'm going to push through it. So one of them, I can't even remember the type. It kept me alive, but its side effect was total and utter obliteration of sex drive. Just fucking nothing. I was actually surprised at how much my mental space was being consumed with sex and sensuality and desire. And when it was all gone, well, yeah, like it was like, wow. But all of it was gone. And, you know, sex and sensuality and that sort of stuff is an aspect of life. And it didn't just take that away. It sort of took the bottom and took the top away. It made the lows disappear, but it made the highs disappear. It's like I became someone on a middle band 
And that's okay. But once again, that's not life. But it kept me alive. Got me through the tough times. And then I was able to implement psychology, self-care, and a variety of other things to sort of get me through, right? But the problem was, is that implementation of the self-care and the psychology wasn't guided. I had to seek that out because my first experiences in the medication field was terrible. I went to see a psychiatrist and after five minutes they'd written me a script and there was no talk of how long to stay on it, no talk of how to manage side effects, just here, on you go. And then I'm out. It's like, hey, you got a diagnosis, out you go, here's the medication. And that to me, even back then, seemed fucking retarded. It was just stupidity. There's no way that can be successful. And it wasn't. So I realized, I'm like, okay, the medication might keep me alive, but I need to fix my brain. And like, yes, medication can help you to fix the brain because it reduces the issues and then you can process things better. Fair. But unless you're doing that other work with therapists, psychologists, self-work, habit change, it's not really useful in my mind. You've got to do it all. But it kept me alive. And then once I found that I'd implemented those other things, I got off the medicine and wasn't on it for a while. But I said to myself, I'm like, okay, if I ever get that low again, I'll go back to it. I'll go back to medication because it's a tool. And this tool has side effects and it's not great, but it's a fucking tool that can keep you alive. So perhaps where you can see this is going. This week, it's my birthday week and I struggle with my birthday. I struggle because it's triggering. I've never been seen, never felt seen, never felt like I'm acknowledged. My dad rarely remembered me, didn't remember my birthdays, just I wasn't there. I learned to put myself aside, to just accept the disappointment and keep moving forward. To this day, I'm not keen on birthdays at all. Just leave me the fuck alone. Plus, the ritual of singing happy birthday creeps me out a little bit. Not going to (laughs) lie. You're sitting there awkwardly and it's like, happy birthday to you. No. (laughs) Um, So I was quite down. Um, Coming off the back of Christmas and family issues off that and stress over money. The, the job I do for us, you know, to, to bring in the living while I'm building up my online work, halved. But conversely, the online stuff is also booming. It's growing really well. But so I'm stressed about money because I don't think I have enough money coming in, but I don't know how much is coming in. It's hard to budget. I need a better situation there. I need an accountant. I need accounting software to be able to track the incomings and outgoings. I need to know my situation. Add to that, I'm trying to refinance the property that I own to make sure that I'm not paying through the roof in interest rates because the interest rates keep going up and the cost of living keeps going up. So it's like, okay, I need a fixed deal with that. Life stress there. Another job I had um, 
they discovered the kink sex positive stuff and weren't appreciative of that space. Um, so I had to leave that job. And once again, it's sort of telling to the space that you talk about mental health, you talk about sexuality, you talk about reality, and people don't quite accept it or understand it or get it. And I understand that. Like, that's exactly the stigma I'm pushing against. But the end result is that my income halved, and that's fucking stressful to me. The place I'm living at, there's a chance I might have to move. Unconfirmed anxiety there. That's stressful. Life keeps changing. It keeps going so fast. I've got heaps of goals and dreams. Suffice to say, there's a lot of pressure here. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have role models. All that accumulated with me going, okay, maybe I need to go back to teaching. I'm a high school teacher by trade, so I've signed up for a few days of teaching work, and instantly my mental state plummeted. I wrote a book ages ago, I'm going to re-release it, called Wage Slave. Um, when I, you know, At the end of my teaching career, I wrote it as an expression of how much I absolutely disdained teaching. And um, those thoughts have come back, so I'm going to add some more poetry to it and re-release it, because, you know, why not, right? Anyway, I plummeted. I, I, I take um, Valium as a PRN, a thing to use when basically, uh, as a, like, you know, on a crisis plan, if, if you know, rather than self-harming or rather than doing something stupid, you take your PRN and you go to sleep and then you wake up and things feel a bit better. It's not ideal. Usually I'd be using maybe once every three months, like one tablet, Every three months, very, very, very minimal usage as an emergency. But this week, last night, I used two, and maybe a couple of nights before that, I used another two. And this is on top of usage with alcohol and marijuana. So, suffice to say, I'm not in a very good state. Panic attacks, waking up, vomiting with stress, anxiety, not being able to eat, not being able to focus. Just feeling like the world is crumbling yet not being able to take action. You know, the usual. <laughs> but it's not the usual, right? I was talking to my partner about it. She's like, this is what you like when you're teaching. Anyway, a couple of days days ago, I booked myself. I recognized that I'm in this shit space and I booked myself a psychology uh, doctor's appointment. Because I'm like, okay, I need to get back on medication because shit's fucked. But then I'm like, okay, do I go? Because it's like... Am I doing it because I'm teaching? Is that the cause? It's an environmental cause. It's my birthday and I'm teaching. But then I'm also aware that I'm the one that chose to go back to doing teaching. So, you know, that person is compromised. And I realized also that the stuff I'm doing online, the books, the coaching, the instructionals, the the the, the, the Patreon, the kink sex positive podcast, like everything I'm doing is working. Like money is coming in. People are responding. It's going great. So then it's like, oh shit, am I self-sabotaging here? Going, oh, I don't know. I had a conversation. I was in tears with my mum. 
and you know she's always there to help me but I don't feel like she will be and by her I mean everyone it's like I don't feel safe I don't feel like I feel like I'm on my own I feel like the floor is going to fall out from underneath me I feel like it's all me I was talking to her about that she's like you know I'll help you and I'm like why don't I feel that why don't I accept that so anyway recognizing this problem I went to see my doctor today and I'm talking through this with him and I was saying like well like I fear going on medication because I don't want to just be put on it forever I don't like the idea of it I want to plan I'm afraid of the side effects because the side effects last time were terrible um, and you know it was the best conversation I've had with a medical professional that can prescribe medication ever because he actually listened and responded and sort of talked me through it he said a couple of interesting things he said one if you're taking valium um do not combine it with alcohol or marijuana because it's not good and two you're already on medication you're already self-medicating with those things and three you might have been surviving but you're not thriving. Your resting anxiety is high and you might not even realize it, how high it is. So he's prescribed me, I'll get my uh, script, Ceteraline, which is an SSRI, I think in the um, Stalopram. Let me have a little look. The Zoloft um, category. And I've tried that before wasn't great and I highlighted that and he was saying well my brain back then as a late teen early 20s is different to who I am now and the reasons I was prescribed it back then are different to now but we talked through the plan he gave me a plan which is you know should be obvious but hmm, wasn't not obvious for most people not obvious in the sense that other doctors didn't and the plan is this take a couple of days to stop taking the St. John's Wort let that get out of the system. Then start on a very small dose. If there's crazy side effects, stop, come back in. After a week, if there's no side effects or no real impact, um, up the dose by a certain amount. And then come back and check in in three weeks. And obviously you can come in sooner if I need to. Um, with the instruction to, to not drink and to not smoke and to use alcohol as a celebration not as a way to self-medicate okay fair <sighs> so i'm a bit nervous but i'm also hopeful because i'm like okay maybe this is the breakdown i needed to be able to get onto something that might help because i'm not against these things i've just had really bad experiences i've had bad experiences with experts in this field again and again like I said, with the psychiatrists prescribing medication, just like five minutes, here you go, you're on the medication. And psychologists, far out. Some have had some really, really fucking bad experiences. One of them, after a year of working with this person, just all of a sudden it's like, yep, can't work together, I'm leaving. Okay. Could have told me that a little while ago, so I had a chance to sort of, you know, get used to that idea. Playing way into the abandonment issues, he ended up coming back and then did it to me again. Fuck you. 
um, another one. I ended up in the sessions counseling her. She had issues and she was offloading to me. And like, I mean, like given what I do on the online space and who I am, I sort of naturally fall into that role. But I shouldn't fall into that role. She shouldn't be sharing that shit. And I mean, like, it's okay for, for people to share their, like, sort of empathize or be like, yeah, I feel that way, yada, yada. But it's not okay for the session to become me counseling you. And then also me offering business advice. It was fucking weird. It's like an absolute role reversal, which once again played into the terrible feelings of my childhood where I felt like I was the parent a lot of the times because my father wasn't present. Once again, fuck you. Another one, um, I expressed to her my my past traumas because I like to just lay it out and be like, hey, this is who I am. This is where I'm at. Can we work together? And as I was expressing, you know, this happened, that happened, she was like, oh, oh my God. Wow. Oh, like just like over the top responses to my trauma. Like, yeah, like, like bad shit happens to people shut the fuck up and just like, listen, you know, like you don't need to be, anyway, it was just completely an inappropriate and over the top reaction to what I was saying. So yeah, couldn't, couldn't work with her. And another one I was, um, I came to her, I was working with her for a while and she was okay. And then she, I was saying like, okay, I'm, I'm taking St. John's ward at the time and it was helping. But she, I came to her after like the day, the day of the appointment, the day prior, I had a bit of a meltdown and I highlighted that to her and she's like, oh, well, obviously that's not working. Stop taking the St. John's Wort. Try this lavender fucking pill thing because that's supposedly like a natural remedy because I was saying I'm not, wasn't at the time comfortable going on antidepressants or whatever. So she's like, try that instead. So I did. Um... And, you know, abruptly stopping one thing and replacing it with lavender is, um, <laughs> didn't work and sent me on a downward spiral. And also, you know, as a psychologist, she's not qualified to offer medical or sort of, uh, you know, supplementary advice. That's not her role. Like, she shouldn't be saying that. Like, you know, should be like, hey, speak to your doctor about the medication, but we're talking about the psychology. So completely inappropriate. Stop seeing her. During this time, I'm seeing also seeing a psychiatrist who's... It basically felt like a drug deal every time I saw him. He was crazy, like just neurotic and odd and like... I don't know. Like, okay. So like if you, if you go and see a drug dealer, right, <laughs> to buy weed... Or whatever else. Now, I'm saying this from personal experience buying, but also um, my father was dealing everything, not just weed. He was dealing pills and fucking everything. So I've seen it from all the perspectives. You go buy something and it's weird. You go to their house and they're odd because they're on drugs um, and they're erratic, neurotic people. They're not normal, as in they're not the sort of norm. Most of them, obviously, you know, no are. Uh, no shade here and shaming to the um, drug dealers and psychiatrists that have got their shit together. They exist. Don't get me wrong. But once again, the experience of, that I had with this person was not. And he would prescribe me 50 Valiums 
in one go. Be like, yeah, come back when you need more. No real explanation of how and when to use them. Just here you go. Cool. Great. And I used that service because it's, and I feel like, okay, I have to, I, like, I don't like going to see this person. It's fucking irritating, but I need the drugs. And it wasn't abusing the Valiums, don't get me wrong, but I wanted to have them as a backup. Just to know that I'm, you know, should something happen, I've got it there and I can just calm myself down rather than going down a path of self-harm and suicidal ideation. But then in the back of my mind, I'm going, okay, this is not how it should be. Like, I shouldn't just be able to go to this guy and be like, hey, however often I need more, there should be some you know, accountability and some discussion and some, you know, goal setting and all of this sort of shit. I even said to him, I'm like, you know, I've got issues with, you know, with this, with that, and, you know, maybe it's ADHD, yada, yada. And he's like, okay, well, I could send you to this other psychiatrist and he'll give you a diagnosis of ADHD so you can try those medications if you like. I'm like, what? I don't, I don't want that. I want to know what I've got and I want to be fixed. I want help. <laughs> so... Like I said, I was using this person to get the Valiums I needed to to self-survive. But it's like, I shouldn't be the one. I mean, look, I should be the one leading the charge because it is my mental state. But I should feel confidence in the people I'm working with. So flash forward to now. Now I've got a psychologist that is actually helping. She sees me and, you know, is appropriate. And I've been pushing her. I want to do EMDR. Because I've seen that success. It's a, it's a sort of psychological program that works. Um, non-medication. But if you've got issues with the dissociation, it's risky. Or it's like, you know, you need to have things in place to do it. It's, it's, not, it's not guaranteed that it should be done on people with dissociation. And we were going to do it. And then we talked about dissociative stuff. And she's like, mm, maybe not. And we're talking back and forth. And... Then we've just gone back to normal sort of talking therapy. And then I pushed it again. I'm like, last session, I'm like, hey, like, I, I think I really want to do this. So then we did a um, dissociative identity quiz because she's not just going to implement this strategy on me if it's not appropriate given the issues that I have, which is what she should be doing. Like, that's the right response. Whereas, you know, prior to that, it's sort of like I'm, I'm the one leading, like, I guess what I'm saying is like clearly like, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're following me, you know that I'm introspective. I know a lot about myself, but that doesn't mean I know what's wrong with me, right? But the fact that I'm introspective, the fact that I've got a level of ability to communicate and discuss and a bit of force behind what I feel, that can lead experts down the wrong path. It's like, it's like I think I've got these issues, help me, but a good therapist, a good whatever, will look at me presenting, saying those things. And that's just a data point. They don't take that as gospel. They go, oh, okay, he's presenting and saying that he has these issues. That itself is a symptom. That itself is an expression. That itself is one of the things, one of the data points that I need to consider when dealing with this person. Because with, yeah, with, like I said, with this new psychologist, I'm like, hey, this happened, I expressed everything I just said to you now. I'm like, hey, I've got this issue. This is what happened with all my past therapists. Um, I will tell you things and I want you to like, you know, not just do what I say. I want your expert opinion. I don't want you to be like, hey, I'm going to do it just because you said it. Like, 
don't don't believe my words because the words coming out of my mouth are crazy, right? Like it's not the PC term, but it's like if I'm compromised, but I'm talking to you and I convince you that I'm not compromised, like I shouldn't be able to convince you that I'm not compromised, that I'm not in a mental duress, right? Like you as the expert should be able to look at me, consider the words I'm saying, and sort of see and read between the lines. Because what I'm saying I'm feeling may not be the full truth, because I might not know the full truth. I'm going to express to you as best I can, but the act of me expressing it is tampered by my own reality. You know what I mean? She got it. So that's good. So her combined with this doctor now that's actually, you know, got a plan for this. He's like, I'm like, I don't want to be on these medications. I don't want to be on these medications forever. It's like, okay, but we're in this for a year. Okay, let's do this. So I guess the crux of what I'm wanting to share with you is, fuck me, medications are needed for some people and for me at the moment. I'm nervous, I'm scared. And the other thing I'm nervous and scared about is, well, two parts. I don't know what the side effects are going to be. I am concerned about it impacting my creativity. And I'm concerned about it impacting my sex drive because that leads to the stuff that I'm doing on kink, sex positive, Instagram account being impacted. So there's a real risk that it will impact my online work here. So I don't know. I don't know, like, I don't know the best answer. But what I do know is, is that waking up so anxious that I'm vomiting is not a way to live. I do know that I'm anxious a lot of the times. <sighs> so, and I do know that at the moment, it's getting to the point where it's like, okay, I need to do something different because this isn't working. So I'm going to try the medication. I'll keep you updated. And yeah, I guess if you're struggling, a couple of things I would suggest to you, because I get messages daily now of people being like, hey, you know, yada, yada, I'm struggling. This is my problem. What should I do? All that sort of stuff. A few things. One, daily self-care. Meditate, exercise, write. Find a therapist or a counsellor or an expert that you can talk to before the problem gets worse. Yeah. If you need medication, take it. Just make sure you've got a trust in the professionals. Socialise. Don't pull away from people. Because isolation is a killer. And the final thing I would suggest would be to reach out. If you want, you can reach out to me. Probably the best way is through my Instagram accounts, at Zach P. Phillips. It's the easiest way to communicate. Um, but, yeah, there's things that I've got up and out that might assist. And I put this out there because, like, I'm actually hopeful. I'm hopeful that this will help me get my shit together even more so, and I need it. I'd love to have a lot of less resting anxiety. Um, and what I'm doing here online is... You know, sharing my journey, sharing my truth, 
because it's not about being perfect all the time. Maybe three months ago, I posted an image of a Valium and sort of expressed like, you know, I use this as an emergency, yada, yada. And the response was amazingly positive. But then one guy was pushing back and being like, you know, you call yourself a coach, you call yourself a this and that. And yet you're advocating the use of Valium. Like, what the fuck? And, you know, people jumped to my defense. And then I responded. And the response and the defense was basically the reality of mental illness is that sometimes you will need medication. That's a fact. The reality of mental illness is that sometimes you go up and down. That is a fact. And the advice I offer isn't going to fix every problem forever. And if you ever read someone saying that they will, they are lying. I, I, you know, these, these internet gurus, these self-help people that are like, oh, I will fix all your problems and, you know, just do this and everything will be fine. It is bullshit. I'm sorry. Sorry to crush your hopes on that one. No one thing will just fix everything. Life doesn't work like that. It's like trying to get fit and just use this one machine or just take this one pill or it's bullshit. And to present that to you would be me lying. I think the better approach is like, hey, right now, yeah, like I'm feeling fucking terrible. Cool. That's reality. In a week, in a day, in an hour, I might be feeling great. That is also the reality. And your reality will reflect that. I can't in, you know, like it'd be easy, but it wouldn't be easy. I couldn't do it, but I could see how people would just only post online when they're feeling great. Only put out positivity. Everything is fucking great. It's not. At least that's my approach. And it's resonating with a lot of people. So I guess what I'm saying is, is that if this does resonate with you and you do want to chat further, I've got a few things that I'm putting out there. First of all is my book, How to Get Your Shit Together. It's a combination of all of the little things that I'm doing daily. It's, a, it's that long-term approach. Like, once again, if you're going to do, if you've got choices, choose the long-term approach. If you can, if you have the ability to choose to eat fast food or some healthier food, choose the healthy food, right? If you have the choice between exercising or not, choose to exercise. If you have the choice between showering or not, choose to shower. Choose the approach based on what you've got that will lead to the best outcomes in life, right? That's the crux of how to get your shit together. It's huge. It's like, I don't know, it's it's, it's a great book um, covering everything that I'm doing down a whole bunch of different paths. The first sort of section is sort of overcoming anxiety, defeating depression, moving on from trauma. It's an ongoing process. Then there's a part that's getting organized. So it's like how to actually get your life in order, the practical ideas. And then it's about finding meaning, you know, putting things out there and taking steps to follow your dreams. Because if you don't have dreams, what's the point of getting over the anxiety and the depression? There's no hope. But it might be hard to get over that. It might be hard to follow your dreams if you are mired in anxiety and depression and trauma. And also, you obviously, you need to get organized. So I put it all together because it's like, hey, this is like what I do. And like I said, nothing works forever. And it's all about just making those long-term choices, chipping away. How do you measure success? I measure it by long-term functionality. Is my functionality improving? Am I working more? Am I seeing more friends? Is more money coming in? Am I having less mental health breakdowns, right? Do you see what I mean? Trend over time. Yeah. 
So I'll suggest maybe having a check out of that book. Most of it's up and out for free. I'm also going to be moving into the space of, um, like I said, coaching. That's sort of coming up and running. So people are doing voice text coaching with me through Voxer. Basically, you leave a message and I can respond that day or the next day. And we just sort of chip away and talk back and forwards. I use that with people both as a coaching mechanism for myself, but also to help others. Basically, you can just leave things when you need to express it, knowing it's going to be heard, knowing you're going to be heard, and having um, having space held for you. So if you're interested in that, you can check that out. And I'm also offering um, voice coaching as well. Sorry, video, video call voice coaching. Face-to-face discussions. Like I said, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counsellor. I'm a coach, mindset coach. My goal is to give you you know, to help you go from surviving to passionately thriving, giving you the tips, tools, tricks to process the past, accept the present, and embrace the future with purpose and positivity. And yeah, right now I'm struggling, but I'm putting that out there because that's the reality that everyone faces. So what people get from me is reality is a lived experience, is that truth. And the stuff I suggest is basically what I've summarized here. It's not, it's not, it's not anything fancy. It's do the self-work, choose the long-term choices, put systems and people in place to help you out. Um, and then also just sort of talking through and just giving you some sort of insights and mindsets and all of that sort of stuff. For example, my memory has a lot of black holes in it. And I can choose sometimes when I'm in a bad state to fill that with absolute darkness. But rather than assuming the absolute worst, why don't I assume that it's not the absolute worst? If I don't know what happened in those blank spaces, it probably would be wise for me not to just fill it with the absolute worst. Now, yeah, bad stuff happened. And I don't know what happened. But it doesn't mean that the absolute worst happened. Now, if you know trauma, if you know what you know what I'm feeling there, you get it. Another thing I suggest to people is writing therapy. Obviously, I put out a lot of poetry and all that sort of stuff. I'm encouraging people to write. The page heals. The page listens. It doesn't judge. It's free. It's always available. You can express it in a similar way to what I'm doing on this podcast. Just get it out. Talk. Now, I like to go down poetry. Creative writing is also an option, but... People start to, to worry, like, I don't know how to write, I don't know how to do this, yada, yada. Just do it. Once again, I'm going to start offering um, one-on-one, I am offering one-on-one sessions for that, and also going to be doing some group, monthly group sessions. Stay tuned, things are coming. And yeah, look, I have actually have a lot of hope about the future down all of these paths, and I don't know if this medication will work, but I'm willing to give it a try, and I'm willing to model it and put it out there. And if you think that the fact I'm putting this out there and this information to you detracts from my ability to help you, fair enough. We're not a good fit, and that's okay. But if you want support from someone that is living it and has lived it and has helped people in the past that have also been living it, check out my shit. (laughs) Might help you. But like I said, the crux of it is this. Choose the long-term option put systems in place and um, keep going, keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. 
Yeah. Thank you for listening. Um, I'm going to try and put out more reality check podcasts, but they come when they come. And it's, it's like I said, it's a, uh, it's therapy for me, really. And if you're getting something from it, great. Let me know. Um, give it a review or reach out, message, only if you feel comfortable. I mean, I have a lot of people messaging me, like, I've, follow, I've been following you for three years. And they finally reach out. It's like, oh, cool. At least I know I'm touching people in some, some way, in a good way, you know. Anyway, have a good day. I mean it. Cheers. Take the damn pill. Take the damn pill. You're on it for a reason. It's to stop you feeling ill. To keep you from self-treason. Sure, you're feeling fine. But how long will that last? You know you're not divine. Just look back at your past. There was that time you went cold turkey. When you knew it would be fine. Instead, your mind went murky and you turned to a life of crime. Or when you got the jitters so bad you couldn't sleep, feeling your skin crawling with critters, causing you to weep. Or that time you almost died, when depression came back strong. Or that time that you lied to yourself that something wasn't wrong. Take the damn pill. You're on it for a reason. I don't want to be reading your will, as the last act of the season. So that was a poem called Take the Damn Pill from my book Bound to the Wings of a Butterfly. It's out now as a paperback, ebook, audio, and hardcover. The links to that are in the show notes. Have a great day.